0: Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the show. I have a beautiful reading today with Tammy. And Tammy comes to us concerned about the way she is connecting to people in her business and this desire in her to help people and grow her business. And it takes us on this beautiful journey about Hiding from the very thing you came here to do. And in this conversation, we talk about overgiving our energy, how everyone is not going to like you, and that's okay. There will be many people that do. Rewiring your brain by loving the child that lives inside you. Not carrying on the wounds of our parents. And how to look at your spiritual journey as expansion rather than that there's something wrong with you that you need to fix. And we also touch a little bit on human design. So before we jump into our call, I do want to remind you that I am currently looking for guests for the show. There's a link in the show notes. If this is you, I would love to support you and help you answer a question or something that you are pondering at the moment. And also a reminder that I have launched Awaken Your Magic It's a free mini course that is being offered through Alchemy, a school for the soul. And I'm super, super excited to gift this to you as a way to experience yourself more deeply, to connect in with your magic, to have a taste of the Andean medicine wheel and the beautiful creative process that's available to you as a divine creative being. So I look forward to being with you in that container and diving a little deeper. Now, here's my call with Tammy. Enjoy. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to the podcast. How can I help you today? Hi,
1: Sarah. Thank you so much for having me today. I am super, super excited to be here. I wanted to really just dig into what we talked about before, the health issues and how it relates to the business issues as far as me what I identified as the connection
0: piece so you can talk to that that'd be awesome (laughs) sure thing and just so our listeners know a little bit about what we're talking about Tammy and I did have a lovely conversation before we pressed record (laughs) (laughs) and it had come forward in her pre-reading that she was having some health issues and so we touched a little on that and and then in our conversation, we landed a little bit with her business and how she's having trouble connecting with people. And this was partly in because of the way she grew up moving around at a lot of schools. So we're gonna we're gonna play in that space and see what spirit has for us today. Does that sound good, Tammy?
1: Yes. Super excited.
0: Yeah, and me too. And, you know, when I was checking in with you before, what you were showing me was just this beautiful heart energy, like so much heart energy, where it, you know, it comes to that place where it becomes, it's a little too much heart energy of you are over giving is the way that it reads like there's just yeah there's so much love that you are sharing and yet what's happening is that you aren't giving that to yourself Mm -hmm. and i got this image of you as a fairy godmother going around granting wishes (laughs) and (laughs) And the question, though, was, well, where are your wishes? What wishes are you granting for yourself? And how are you taking care of yourself? And that was where this health piece came in initially. And the question, what are you not looking at? What are you not seeing? What are you hiding?
2: So I offer that to you to reflect on. And let me know what, where you go with that.
1: Yep, that is, yes, I already, I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got this. That's, this is actually something that I've been diving into because I recognized that that was well, what it was. And I'd share with you before we got on the call that Spirit had told me at the end of the year that it was time to go deeper. And at that same time was when I started having problems with my stomach. And so it told me that it really is time for me to share who I know I am and who I've always been, but have hidden it because you know part of it probably is my design, you know, because you know sometimes it's hard to take sometimes i'm I can be hard to to take, and I realized that and so i realized also that i'm being called to help people to really heal and i mean not in a surface way which so many people do and so many people are but to really dive deep and help people to truly transform their health and i i've been hiding from it even though i've been in the medical field for 30 years but i've been hiding from that aspect of it you know honestly i think it it was a judgment that, you know, I was afraid of, fearing, you know, the judgment, you know, because when you come out and you say that you want to help people heal, whoo, the judgment, (laughs) and so I think that's, that's one of the things, because it's like, I feel, it's like, I can feel spirit just pulling me and tugging me in that direction, like, you know, you can do this, because I, I do, I, I am, I have had that gift since I was a child, And I've known it, but I've been hiding it for these fifty years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and what stood out to me when you were talking is that you said you are hard to take. Yeah, I want you to tell me a little bit more about that, please. So
1: I say that because I know that because of how I'm designed. I know that you know when people are in my presence, and I've I've actually known this too forever. But when people are in my presence, they, it's like they either, I'm, I'm like a love-hate thing, or maybe not hate, but I'm either you love me or you don't. There's nothing in the middle. There's no middle ground. And I know that a part of that is because being the reflector, I reflect back to you, you know, because reflectors don't have their own energy. All of my centers are are clear, uncolored. And so I know that I reflect back to you. And sometimes when I reflect back to people themselves, they don't like what they see. And a lot of times they they throw off on me. And I've, I've experienced that in my life. And I didn't realize what it was until once I started, you know, diving into my design. And then I realized, you know, it's not me. It's just what I represent. You You know what I'm saying? And so that that was kind of why I said that.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I I understand that. I didn't actually know that reflectors had no defined centers, so that's no. really cool. <laughs> yeah. <all> <laughs> <laughs> so, the words that I was getting were, "You don't know the gem that you are," okay. and I see it as this beautiful green emerald that is in your heart space. And so, yes. Your design is helping you understand parts of yourself. Yes. So I agree with you. Like, right, people either like us or they don't. Right. And that has nothing to do with you. You could have any design, and there are going to be people that love you, and there are going to be people that don't like you. Right. That's just human nature, really. It's not for everybody they're not our people
1: right i'm learning is that you know what you know you know how you you want to help everybody when you start on this journey you're like well oh, you don't know, want to help everybody and that's really how you think and then once you realize no you ain't even here for everybody
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
1: you know, you're not here for everybody Everybody's not you're not everybody's cup of tea and everybody's not yours
0: Yeah, and I I sense for you that there is a space in there where part of you believes that, the grown-up part of you knows that and believes that, and then there's the younger, tender part of you that still takes that a little bit personally. Yeah, and that
1: you are correct. As much as I try not to, you know, as much as you're like, no, no, I'm not taking that personally, Is almost like the sticks and th- stones thing that we learned when we were young. Mm.
3: You no,
1: know, almost, yeah. almost like that. It's like, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt us. Do you remember that?
0: Mm-hmm, very well. And it's <laughs> not true. <laughs>
1: no, it's not true.
0: <laughs> words hurt way worse than sticks exactly. and stones. Exactly, you're like, wait, no, because
1: words can, you know, words create. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's like, you know, you 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 know, intellectually or logically that you shouldn't take that personally. You know what I mean?
0: But there's a part of you that does when it does. What kind of practices and relationship do you have with that little girl that lives inside you?
3: Hmm.
2: I honestly
1: don't think I I mean I really haven't really I haven't really connected with her in that way. I actually just really started because for me,
2: I I don't remember a lot of my childhood.
1: I don't remember a lot of it. And so I've been actually at this place where I've been working on that and telling myself that I remember. And, and then things started coming up. And that's when I started thinking about you know, the 10 schools in the 12 years, you know. <laughs> yeah. Different things. And and I I just I don't I remember highlights from it, but I don't really remember a lot of it, you know. So yeah, that's probably a relationship I need to cultivate.
0: Yeah. And in my experience, it is a beautiful relationship. And it is one that really moves the needle in healing. Mm-hmm. Because she still exists inside you as patterns in your neural net. And it helps when we like really personalize it in the sense like she becomes a little girl, like you, you have a daughter. And Mm -hmm. so you, you create the environment for her as if she's your daughter. You learn to reparent her the way that she wasn't parented. Oh, okay. And you get you get to build that beautiful relationship of trust where she doesn't feel alone, where she doesn't feel that she doesn't have anybody to connect to. Oh, wow. so all those moves, you get to go into the memories that you can remember and be with her like you would if she was your child.
2: Yes.
1: And you know that this is this is this resonates with me so because I felt like I knew that this, there was a missing piece to all of this for me, you know? And it's like, it's this piece. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, I, I kept feeling into something cause I knew that, you know, cause people, I hear people talk about, you know, their childhood and all this stuff. And, you know, and I was like, you know what? I think I repressed a lot of mine, you know? And I think because, you know, and it, and it, it wasn't that I had a particularly bad childhood or anything like that. It was not not that, and i and I felt the love, you know, it's not that I didn't have love because I actually was a child of divorce myself, and my mother remarried, and the man she remarried is the one that I consider my father mm-hmm. the most now, my biological father, I have a relationship with him now, but growing up, I didn't, and so. I think that was a piece somewhere in there, you know, is a piece because I had to think about it. I was like, I don't even know when my parents divorced. I was that young and nobody told me.
0: So what happens right in that place is that we we have this big word trauma Mm -hmm. and it's connected to. Big things is what we sort of class it as, right? Like you had to have some really big thing to happen Yeah. To say like that you, you had trauma.
1: Yes. Like you, you know, something that they would classify as PTSD. Like, you know, you your 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 mama died when you were two, or you know, your you were raped, or you know, something, you know, really what we call big, just like you said. Yes.
0: But it's it's the small things that mm-hmm. lead up to that, right? Yes. And so what was so freeing for me was when I learned a definition of trauma that says, trauma is aloneness. It exists in the places where something happened, big or small, and you were left to process it alone. There was nobody there guiding you and supporting you and helping you and your nervous system process what was happening for you. And so in that space, your little girl makes it mean something.
3: Oh.
2: oh, yeah. Yeah, you were just alone. Yeah,
1: I can see that because it was like, because, you know, the wild thing is I have like six brothers and sisters, right? But three of them, we share a mother and three of them, we share a father. So basically, I'm the only one. And it's funny because my, my uncle used to share a joke with me because he was the same way. And he said, you know, he said, you're like me. He said, that's why I have so much love for you. He said, because he said, nobody else in the world has your DNA. And I was like, mm. wow, you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that and that also is the other thing is like, it makes you feel alone.
0: Wow. Yeah, so that little girl was just left alone with a lot of really big feelings and big happenings that she considered big, right? Right. Wow. Yeah, so going back into memories that you can remember and loving her, calling her to you, like visualize her. And call her to you, hug her, love her, snuggle her, fix her, braid her hair, you know, like all the things she would love and let her talk to you, ask her, what, what do you need from me? And then be her mother. It rewires your brain in the most amazing way. <laughs> I could see that because it, because what it really,
1: honestly, what it feels like, it feels like it would validate her. You know, because that I think is what she didn't feel was validated because nobody told her. I mean, literally, honestly, I went to live with my grandmother and which I wanted to do, you know, that, that wasn't even a, that wasn't even a trauma, you know, I loved my grandmother and I loved her and I wanted to live with her anyway, but, but the thing is, is nobody told me that, you know, it was the end of my parents, you know? They were young anyway, they were they were young. My mom was 18, my dad was 17. So they were young, you know? And back in those days, that's the kind of shit that happened most of the time. But, you know, it's like, okay, but nobody ever said anything, you know? Nobody, nobody talked about it. It was almost like my mom just like, erased him out of the picture. <laughs> that was it, <laughs> you know? And I think now, I think about it now, I think that that was her trauma. Yeah. You know, and that was just how she knew to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but for me, it was like, well, damn, you know, he was here. And then, you know, <laughs> he's he's not. And, you know, and nobody said anything. Nobody said, you know, he's not here and whatever, you know, nothing. And so I think that what you said, that was like amazing because it feels like when you do this with this little girl, it validates
0: her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very confusing for a small child to just suddenly your parents are separated and your father's gone. Right. Hugely. (laughs) Gone, and then you don't even see him
1: again for years.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and then, you know, and then, and then on top of that, you know, you have this other man that has come and he shows you love and everything like that. You know what I mean?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's like, okay, you know, and, and, I don't know, I, I think about it now as I'm talking to you and it's like, it feels like it was a hell of a lot. Like it was just a lot for a child, you know? And and, and I could see why I would repress so much, you know, because you, you just don't want to think about it. And especially when people are kind of telling you by their actions, you know, that that was the case, you know, because like, I mean, literally I could, it's almost like I could see my mom just, because we have pictures, you know, And I could see her just erasing him out of the picture or cutting him out of the picture, you know?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it's time for that little girl to hear the story from you. Mm. And so she's not confused. So she doesn't in any way make it about her. And that she knows that she always has you.
1: Oh, wow. And she's validated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like that is ever going to happen to her again, because you're in charge now. You're her parent and you are there. You are, nothing like that's happening again. You are always going to explain to her and tell her what she needs to know when she needs to know it.
3: Wow.
2: So that, in essence, is to me, it feels like reparenting her Mm mm-hmm okay
0: yeah exactly wow (laughs) because your parents did the best they could do right our parents always do and as parents like we know how much we love our kids and your parents loved you like that too they just were so in their wounding that they made you know not great choices yeah nothing to do with you
1: that's what I said about my mom, actually, because we, we actually healed that relationship like a few years ago, and I was actually a part of my awakening process as well, and you know, and I, we healed that relationship because I realized that you know she did what she knew; she was young, she was younger than I was when she came birth to me, and you know, and she had, I mean, I can imagine she had a lot of. A lot of feelings and a lot of things going on inside of her and she you know she felt like she disappointed her parents you know because she was pregnant at 18 you know instead of going to college like she was supposed to or you know like people told her that she was supposed to do at that time and I realized that she had her own trauma and even with the divorce you know because I'm sure people probably told her that they wouldn't last you know that kind of thing mm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, she had her own issues and things that she was dealing with and then she had me on top of that. You know, so yeah, I I it's almost like I feel like it's like a forgiving process as well. You know, like I forgave her for, you know, doing what she knew to do and all that stuff and not being who I felt like she should have been to me. You know, and so I feel like almost like I I should
2: do a forgiving process. That little girl, Mm -hmm. it was well, yeah, like a prayer or something. Mm, I love that, yes,
3: Mm.
2: yeah, hoponopono, yes, yeah. And
0: how can this story of you and what happened be the biggest gift
2: that was ever given to you?
1: Hmm. I'm writing it down because <laughs> I want to, I want to dive into it deeper later. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'm to write that, write that down. I feel like at this moment, I feel like that story is one that pulls me into this space. Because I feel like there's so many people that are probably dealing with the same exact type of stuff, especially in our generation. You know, because you know, we have to say our generation was a little bit different than you know how they're doing things now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you no, know, I, just, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the fact that you know you can do things differently. You know what I mean? Just like what we talked about with the the internet and all these you know things we could do instead of just you know
2: just not. So I feel like that this story
1: is something that I'm supposed to use in order, well, not supposed to, I don't like that red word, but something that I can use to not only open me up, but to help my clients. You know, because I really feel like the people that come to us are generally a reflection of us. That's why we have such a problem with, you know, saying what our ideal niche client is and all that stuff. Because it's us you know, maybe at different
2: places on the journey. Yes, I agree. And I also want to add to that because I think it's important that we are not
0: calling in our clients through our wounding. Oh, that's good. Right? Like, because you want them to be at the higher version. mm -hmm. and i love to view my clients as the golden buddha the version of themselves that is healed that is actualized that is their essence of their beautiful soul that is who i see them as
3: Ooh,
2: yeah I have and everything
0: else is just stuff that we talk about nobody needs fixing nobody's broken nobody's got problems other than the ones we create for ourselves (laughs) it's it's just a deepening and an opening oh I love that
1: I love that you you know why because just like you said because that had kind of opened something up to me because you know I you know we all do these programs and these coaching things and all that stuff trying to you know get better and learn whatever and so I know that some of them especially the ones that aren't spiritually centered they tell you call in you know your patients I mean patients (laughs) (laughs) that's that medical background (laughs) (laughs) your client through you know your pain points yeah I don't like that and I I didn't (laughs) like it either and I I've been struggling with that because that that to me is just like you said it's like I mean you don't want to call them call them in on the ground you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know because that that to me that's when you when you're dealing with the pain points that's where you are, you know it's like we don't want do we want them there no, no, and that never that never resonated with me, and I was like, I don't like that, I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. There's no, there's no need to do that. Right. We're here like, and I look at it as in the sense of expansion, right? Like I I don't sign up for programs and work with my coach and my spiritual mentor because there's something wrong with me. Right. It's because I want to expand on the wholeness that I already am. Yes.
1: Yes, 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 yes. That is absolutely the truth, and it's funny that you said that because, to me, that's kind of the place that I've been in this year. Where, you know, I did because you know we all do this. We all work with different people on a lot of different folks. We work with coaches, work with healers. You know, we we join programs, we do courses, and all this stuff. And so that's kind of where I've been as well—is working, you know, with people that will help me expand. And grow, you know, and get to a place, you know, that I'm, and I know that I'm,
0: you know, I'm there. Let me play with that as well with you. Yes. Uh, My version of being there means I'm dead and I'm done in this life. I got there. Now it's next body or next planet or next universe, wherever I'm going next. But for me, the human experience is not about getting anywhere. It's just about the journey. It's about the moment to moment, the expansion, the connection, the the aliveness that I let into my life. Mm. Most people are walking around like half dead. Yeah. Like I want to be fully alive in the Andean traditions. You know, one of the parts of the medicine wheel that we work on is all about stalking death. Because the shaman knows that if he keeps death close, it makes him more alive. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's it's about living fully in the life you have, not about getting anywhere is my experience, my sort of what I hold to be true for me.
3: Hmm,
0: I like that. Mm-hmm. Because getting there Again, it buys into that story that there's something wrong with you. You're not. You're not there. Something's wrong. And you know that's 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 amazing that you say
1: that. Just because I had started following Dr. Kim DeRamo in my body medicine, right? And that was one of the things that she said. She said part of the thing in healing is that you come to this place where you realize that you want to. Stop resisting, and you want to allow and you want to not look at your body as if, you know, what's wrong with me and what do I have to fix? Mm-hmm. And that wise words, yes, it was amazing. I mean, when I heard, it, I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, she's right. And so, I started actually doing the process, I was like, you know, what you're right, not, you know, not what do I need to fix because. You know what happens when we start feeling things in our body? We're like, okay, what is wrong? Especially once we start getting around that
0: fifty age. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, Well, the things. mind, the mind needs something to do, right? Yeah. It's all day long creating thoughts and chaos, and it's yes. like, oh, I, I don't have a problem right now. I got to make up a problem because I need something to do. <laughs> Let me I'm go good. find one. Let me go make one up.
1: I can just make it up because you know what, if I just make it hard, you know.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And we get caught in that, right? And then we believe that that's true and that's who we are. And oh my gosh, I, I something's wrong with me. Right. Help. And even with diseases, she said, like conditions, she said, you know, she said,
1: you're not your your cancer or your fibromyalgia or your whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes, no. She goes, you you can allow that and just allow it to just pass through you. Yeah. It doesn't have to stop and you don't have to embrace it.
0: That the my... I am statement is so powerful. Yes. Like we always want to use it or like I have those those statements that quantify us or, and qualify us. We want to be very, very careful with what we're putting after I am and I have. Because we're speaking something into reality Existence. when we do that. So because yeah, we're creating with our words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you're right.
1: As we when we learn that and we realize that, and then we start to actually practice it and and really put that guard. And I actually shared with my sister. I said, you know, you can reframe something that you say. Just reframe it immediately. Yep. You know, if you said it and you know you you know you messed up, then just flip it. You know, just flip it. I said It, it works. And you can do that and that's one of the things that i started doing i was like you know i'm just going to consider my words because a lot of times you know we just say
0: these things and we don't even think about it mm-hmm. yeah we're just on the unconscious autopilot of language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, you know as soon as they tell you oh you
1: you know we, we're gonna diagnose you with this you know and it's like mm, yeah i don't
0: i don't know <laughs> Yeah. You know, it makes me think of the wave and the particle where the wave is just all a possibility and the, the particle comes into form once consciousness witnesses it. So when you diagnose something, you're confirming, you're creating a a pattern of energy that comes together. So prior to a diagnosis, everything is possible. Every version of healing is available. But once you speak something into reality, and you put consciousness on it and say this is you know cancer or whatever it is you're you're creating that right exactly
1: you're so right and that it really opens up a lot of
0: possibilities you know i love living in the world of possibilities that's my favorite place <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think it's
0: amazing i'm telling
1: you i've i've been just not being there You know, but I, as I started receiving that, you know, and started realizing that, you know, what if, you know, what if, what if, you know, what if we just believed, you know, and what if we just, you know, decided that, you know, we're going to live out our life out loud? What if we just believed in our dreams, you know, the things that we see?
0: You know what, and I love that we're decided because that is how you create by every little decision you make all day long makes your world
2: yes, yes, love it. Love what medicine
0: are you taking away from this conversation?
2: Definitely to connect with that beautiful little family. <laughs> definitely to connect with her because she realized that
1: she basically felt like she grew up at nine. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like she was already grown because she was doing so many things
2: and so many people had so many expectations of her. I get the sense she wants to have a little fun. Oh, yeah. That's what she wants.
0: Yeah, like if she had to grow up so early, she's like, can we go have a little fun, please? Stop being so serious and all concerned with these things. Let's just go play hopscotch. You know, and
1: you're right about that. It's funny because some of the things that I enjoy, like I like to make jewelry. You know, I love to do it because it it just gives me that space to create and just to have fun, which I never really felt like I had, you know? Mm. And I think a part of the reason why I love to write also is that, because I always used to like to read when I was a child and I also used to write too. But I mean, I, you know, I always had a book in my hand. My mom used to bust at me sometimes. She was like, put that book down. I need you to do such and such a thing, you know. <laughs> but I always had a book, you know, and I always would go places, you know, and I always like to read books where, you know, you travel to different places and even different galaxies and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, I truly believe that, you know, this conversation has helped me to really know that I need to definitely have that relationship with that beautiful little girl and to make sure that she knows that she is safe. Because I think that that's a part of what
2: I've gone through with that is, you know, to know that I'm safe. Because I felt like, you know, I grew
1: up so young, you know, I, I, I felt like I raised my mom's kids and then I had my own and raised them, you know, and it's like, it's almost like people that say, I of the things when I got ready to get married. And I know this is off the subject, but I said in my prayer to my, what I asked for was, you know, I need a man that already has kids that are grown because I don't want to raise anymore.
0: You know, that was, that That's was a my big responsibility
1: raising yeah. kiddos. I was like, no, no, I've, I've already done it. I mean, I raised my mom's kids, you know, I raised my kids and some other people's kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you probably have a special gift for kids if they're always finding you. No, no, no. I mean, like, you know, they're like,
1: like everywhere me and my husband have gone we always connect with like younger people you know like the the ones in their 20s and stuff and and,
0: and that's what i'm saying are. you have a gift to share with them yes yeah yeah cuz of
1: wisdom you know
0: mhm and i did just want to offer you one last thing yes. when you were talking about your little girl and letting her know she's safe yes what i have found that's even more potent is Letting her know she's loved. Oh, yes. yes. Because safety, safety, I know a lot of us search for safety inside. It's a thing that when we do have a trauma response or we've had trauma, that safety feels like the thing that is going to set us free or is Mm -hmm. going to make everything okay. And in my experience, My loving of myself is much more potent than trying to keep myself safe. Because in love is safety.
1: That's what I was (laughs) going (laughs) to say. We're on the same plane. I was like, yes, because love is
0: safety. Yeah. So it's a way more potent medicine to just offer yourself love and let the safety piece take care of itself. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Mm. Does this feel like an okay place to land today, my love?
1: Oh, yes. Mm. That is amazing. It's, it just feels so good. You know, it feels
2: like that's why we're here. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Oh, my God. This has been, oh,
0: I can't wait to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, love. Thank you for being here today and making your personal and spiritual growth a priority in your life. To learn more about connecting with your dreams and your intuition so that you can create a life full of possibilities, visit me at www.saranoble.com and see how we can create magic together. A big thank you from my heart to yours for making the planet a better place for us all.